Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You all play for Ravens no more, man. <laughs> the guy that doesn't play for the Ravens anymore is Bart Scott. Good yeah, morning. Welcome inside. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Holding J. On Will will join us in one no hour. Grudge. I keep it rizzled over here, Key. Stop <laughs> holding them grudges, man. You don't play for the Ravens no more. Listen, man. That's 10 if, years if ago. You, if you think the Patriots got a shot in winning the um, – you know, winning, winning the uh, AFC East or going to the playoffs. You know, I got some beachfront uh, property in Iowa to sell you. <laughs> we got you. Yeah, we marinate got you. on that, Key. <laughs> marinate on that for I, 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 I usually key. say Arizona beachfront property. I never say I don't know the West Coast. I know damn well Iowa ain't nowhere near the ocean. Arizona's a little closer, so you could at least say Arizona. No, if you want to say I, that, I wanted to make it abundantly. Arizona. I wanted to make it abundantly clear where I stand. Key. All, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, is I understand the frustration of the Ravens and the Pats no, and the man. years and the history. They won the game. I don't give a damn what the monsoon. Listen, I don't care if, if they you, dialed it up. I don't care if the lights went out again. Listen, I don't care. If you can forgive John Gruden, I can forgive the Patriots. I, John Gruden and I, we ain't never had no no beef like that where I can't. Just, Get along key, with the man. Key, I just know what he is. Key, I'm just pushing a false narrative, man, because I, I ran out of excuses. You know, and we're having this conversation, obviously, because Zubin, he says that the, the New England Patriots are done and Cam Newton is fool's gold right now. And that's basically what he said. And I said to him, I'm not counting the New England Patriots out until they're mathematically eliminated. I don't give a damn what nobody say. All right, we got three because Bill Belichick is the head coach, period. And I don't know what might happen. Indeed. I've said this before, and I think you're just backing it up. If there's anybody that's in sports right now, in the four major professional sports, anywhere in college, your local youth coach, okay, wherever you're listening to us, if there's one person on planet Earth that's involved in sports that deserves the benefit of the doubt, obviously, it's Bill Belichick with his track record. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Yeah, you, might have that, just heard, you might have just heard at the top of the program, Greg McElroy said he wanted to hear Cam talk a little bit less, smile a little yeah, bit more, key referencing the win on Monday Night right, Football Save the season and then upsetting Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night. Bart's old team and they're right back in it, even though the football power index right now has the Pats with just a 4% chance to win the division. But to Key's point, you can't count them out. You can't count them out. Who did they play before the Ravens? The The Jets Jets on Monday night. Okay, and they struggled. It looked ugly. It was it was playing down a competition and all of that, right? One on the final play of the oh, game it was, against the it NFL's was the only worst, winless team. It was the worst thing that could have ever happen to them. Correct. And then what did everybody say on Tuesday? Yeah. Ah, wait till the Ravens get a hold of them. Oh, God, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. Key. And then Key. they win the game. Key. They do what they're supposed to do to Key. get the W. And we still have a problem with Key. Cam Newton. Oh, Key. he's not throwing for Key. 400 yards. There's no way. So damn what? They got the W. Key Loquacious Johnson. No, that's wrong. That is, we are, we all know. Don't don't look at Wikipedia. <laughs> is Bart calling that's someone not, loquacious? That's I mean, not, that's a, key is Bart loqu- calling somebody loquacious? Well, listen, yeah, listen. Look- I learned one. I learned one college word a week, man. And that was that was the, <laughs> I, that was next. No, we all understand that that game against the, the Ravens was really. You know, we've all been in those games where the elements can kind of be the equalizer. And listen, they did a tremendous job understanding that Calais Campbell was out and they ran the ball and they did what they had to do to win. They won in convincing fashion. And, and Bill Belichick did what Bill Belichick does. He took advantage right here of situational football, out scheming. This is schemed up. This is all coached up. You know what I mean? And, and you tip your hat to him. But we know if this was on a, 
on a on a regular. I don't know. I don't know. If All I know is what I saw no, I got when they won. I don't know nothing else, Bart. No, I got you. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, that was to equalize the fact that the elements. You know, when you when you when you know there's certain things that you can't do with the elements, it's to equalize if a team is so much superiorly better so, than so, the other. One. So let me ask you this question though, because you play defense and mm-hmm. you know. Have the Ravens ever been able to throw the football? Rain, snow, sleet, sunshine, anything? I think they can throw it better if they don't have the elements, guys in the ball stepping. But listen, those, those are bad weather games. Those are the, are the equalizers because mistakes happen. So I'm not, what I'm not you're supposed to do then is you're supposed to put a game plan together uh-huh. based on the week of the weather. You're looking yep. at the chart like we've always done. Yeah. First, one of the things that we do, we go and we look to see what the weather is like. But the team, but the team that, but, but the team that's living in those elements have the advantage because they know more about what the weather's going to be about. And use Man, ain't no difference between the weather in Baltimore and the weather in New England. What? Man, it's the same thing. Rain, what, what, snow, what? cold. No, no. Oh, look same at did you, did, did you see how Zubin looked at you? Zubin. Like, man, one's below, same thing. One, one's below the Mason Dixon line. Rain, snow, no. cold. Nah, nah, it's, it's, it's the same damn thing. It ain't coming so, so, from California, coming east. It's the from. I'll say it a million times. What? Baltimore's below the Mason Dixon line. I, I, as I would say a million times, for me. Okay. D.C., Baltimore, New Jersey, New York, now Boston, Maine, New England, New England, New England, no, no, uh, hell all no. All that stuff Dude, is go cold. Say something. Defend me. All Zubin. of it is Zubin. cold. Defend me. It rains in Baltimore. Zubin. Doing football season. Zubin. Just like it rains in New England. I know this your boy. I know y'all name is on the show, but Zubin, come on. You got to weigh in. It's, it's a different, the, it's different it's weather in thing. New England than it, it is in Baltimore. Zubin, 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 Zubin got something to say. He going to weigh in on this. I'm not AMS or NWA. Certified, so I can't really give you the answer but, on that. I feel a butt. But I got to give you, I got to give you one option to weigh in on. It's not that I want um, you guys to weigh in on something else. Okay, Zoom. and that is essentially this morning's Twitter question, the poll okay. question. Essentially, this morning, simply put, we talked about the Pats. They're sitting there at four and five right now. They're tenth in the AFC East. If you look at it, obviously seven teams are going to make it this year. But they've won two in a row. They got a little bit of momentum. Cam also said something that Belichick told the team the other day is. We are a little better than our record indicates. And Absolutely. The last two weeks, oh, fellas, that could be true, but lose it. Fellas, the last two weeks does show us that. So that's really important that Belichick man, mentioned you, that and Cam put that out there. Let me tell you <laughs> something, man. This guy sitting to my left, he played for the Jets and he played for the Ravens. 11 years, yeah. He does not like New England, so I can't listen to him when he talk about the Patriots. Trying to say I'm not a he does not man. like Pittsburgh. To say it's I'm like when Ryan Clark come on. He's going to say certain things about teams that he played against. It's just the reality of it. Bill said this was the best that he had, and he couldn't do it because of the salary cap. This is the best he can put forward. See? See? And, and like, it's like, come on, man. Listen, what I think this is more about, and it's less about the Patriots, and it's more about the job that Brian Flores is doing, and it's a job that's, that's you know, what's been done in Buffalo. I think that this isn't the year. Like, you know, when you go against a team that's been great, and you finally recognize that you can beat them, I think it's no more fear with the Dolphins. It's no more fear than, than the Buffalo Bills. When you look at the Dolphins, the Dolphins have the easiest remaining schedule. Let me, you, you said the Dolphins can beat who? I think the Dolphins potentially can win this division. But they still got to see New England. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Okay. I think, I think, I, with, how, I think with how great, uh, how good that the Dolphins have been playing on defense, I think you know, they have no problems playing, my, uh, playing, playing you know, the Patriots. 
So I, I think that they should be a legitimate threat to win the division because they got the easiest schedule. And yes, what makes their schedule the easiest schedule remaining in football is the fact that they're paying the pass that's four and five. And they're playing a team that don't have the weapons. They don't have the ammunition to get it done. So they got to fool you with smoke and mirrors, with the trick plays and things like that. But it doesn't matter. I understand that. But listen, we saw last year when we all thought that the Patriots were going to beat the Tennessee Titans. When you go against somebody that knows all your Jedi mind tricks, Bill, you know, I, I think that that's the equalizer. You saw Vrabel out Belichick Bill last year with jumping off sides. They already played also, Miami and beat them once. I got that, but that was the first game of the season. This team is a different football team. Okay. This team is believing, and I think they're inspired and energized by their young quarterback. And they're playing tremendous on defense, and I think Brian Flores has them believing. And we've seen him do this and turn this team around in short order. In two years, he's made this team from a pretender to a contender. Okay, I'm, I'm a – I'm going to listen to the Raven and the Jet against the New England Patriots. Listen, you don't think I hate the Dolphins too? No, nah, because y'all own them all. No, 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 no. South Beach is undefeated. Yeah, different, South, South Beach is undefeated. You go down there, man. It's the other thing. That's you a play, different you hate, more. you playing more than the Dolphins when you go to South Beach. I, I get it. We got a break. Go Indeed. ahead, Zuby. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Week one, it was the Pats over the Dolphins by 10 points. By the way, they'll meet again in week 15 and a game that could be huge down the stretch week 17 Miami at Buffalo so keep that in mind that could be absolutely huge a reminder we're asking this morning we tried to get to it I tried my best I'm going to get to it now Keyshawn J. Will and Zuba Nation who will win the AFC East 65% of you have said the Bills again the football power index has them at about 75% to win it still to come Kyler Murray, MVP talk on the field tomorrow night after the Hail Mary. Why he owes a debt of gratitude to the guy standing on the opposite sideline tomorrow night. That's next. It's Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin with Bart Scott in the house on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's demon time on prize picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right. 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy
And from A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. Redbox has new movies at the box and streaming on demand. From the producers of Get Out and Us, Don't Miss Antebellum, starring Janelle Monet. Visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Big story in college basketball yesterday. Wichita State men's basketball coach Greg Marshall resigning after an abuse investigation that was put forth by an outside law firm. Allegations of physical and verbal abuse against players at Wichita and his previous stop, Winthrop, ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis, who played in high school in the early 1980s, says in 2020, this just can't be happening. This is not the way to coach. What was acceptable when I was coming out of high school is not acceptable anymore. And the truth is, it wasn't acceptable then. It was just accepted. It is clearly not acceptable now. If you're not paying attention to the way societal norms have changed, I don't care how much you win. Nobody deserves to be treated the way those players and staff were treated, if indeed those allegations are true, and I believe them to be true. Bart? Tell you what, man, you ever heard of a market correction? You know, somebody should have corrected him a long time ago. The fact that he's going to get $7.5 million is absurd. If I'm one of those kids that he allegedly assaulted, I'm going to make sure I'm going to get some of that 7.5 in the form of a lawsuit. It's ridiculous that he can do something conduct detrimental, supposed to mean that you void your contract. Yeah, I understand. I hate to chime in on this one. I get what Jay Billis said there. But back then, now, anyway, period. It was never accepted. It was never accepted. It'll never be accepted. I wish a coach would. Key, key. I wish a coach would ever approach me like that. Key, you never heard of me because a guy out there named Michael Vite that tried that and didn't go the way he thought it was going to go. Indeed. Once again, $7.75 million. He had a rolling seven-year contract, so every year it would roll over to seven. He could have been owed $23 million, but they settled at $7.75 million. He's in his 50s. He may coach again. Who knows? People are always willing to take a risk on people. We've seen that in sports time and time again. Last thing, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are getting ready for what should be a simple game, right, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Ask Green Bay about underestimating Jacksonville. Played them tight. Mike Tomlin, not falling for that. I'm not into the trap game discussion. I understand that that's things that you guys like to talk about. But this is the NFL, and more than anything, the guys know my attitude regarding that. We are not a Big Ten team playing a MAC opponent this week. Every time we step into a stadium, we're playing professionals, players and coaches. And we got a ridiculous level of respect for that. And so, you know, write your story, man. Follow your storylines about trap games and things of that nature. We understand what we're going into in Jacksonville, that that's a group that's trying to kick our butt, a professional group, a capable group. And we're preparing with that understanding. Well, I'm glad he didn't say the Pac-12. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Um, Of course, Mike T knows that. And and all coaches across the league knew that, and they know that now. And Green Bay knew that. Green Bay won the game. Every now and then, teams that are superior than others play down to competition. It's just something that happens. You you kind of just human nature. You you fall into the fog of the situation at times. You 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 know you like. It's not that you don't prepare. It's just it doesn't feel good. They're not going full speed. They're kind of sloppy. So. Things happen until you the switch turns. Think about the Dallas Cowboys. They took them all the way to the end. And Pittsburgh finally got it turned around, and they won the game. It happens. You get two or three of those a year for sure, Z. No doubt about it. And thanks to Mike Tomlin for the promotion. Three games matching last night, a couple on 
ESPN. Exciting game. I'm just man. glad he didn't say the Pac-12. That's all. Just Kent, glad Kent, he didn't Kent State that. offense looked amazing yesterday, man. Unstoppable. We'll have to break that down another time. We are four hours. We're going yeah. to pick that at fifth I, hour. I, I hate to say it. Hour. I hate we'll to sure say it, but I'm not watching that. I'm watching ID Network with that song. I'm just. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, indeed. And on that note, Kyler Murray killed the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Jeez. Man, we're still talking about the Hail Mary three full days after it happened. It's a short week because with just four days to get ready, the Arizona Cardinals are heading up to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Gigantic game. Gigantic game in the NFC West with three teams, Arizona, Seattle, and the Rams sitting at 6-3. and three. If Arizona gets this game on the road, you pair it with the win they had over Russell Wilson and the Seahawks on Sunday night football in overtime. And suddenly, the Arizona Cardinals are going to wake up on Friday morning at 7-3 and three in sole possession of first place in the NFC West and perhaps an MVP candidate at quarterback. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Key, I can't help but notice yes. that, yes, Kyler was the first overall pick in his draft. Yes. But when Russell Wilson came out, the other quarterback on the other side of the field that was getting all the MVP chatter that Kyler is now getting, he was the 75th overall pick, even though he was a winner at every stop of the way, including a Rose Bowl at Wisconsin. But everybody said, despite Drew Brees being in the league, despite Doug Flutie having had a level of success, everybody said, well, you know, we really couldn't have drafted him where we wanted to draft him because of his height. So we drafted him 75th overall in the third round. He flourished, and I think it's been pretty fair to say since that happened, a lot of shorter quarterbacks, including the one he's going to face on Thursday night, owe him a debt of gratitude. It can work. Here's the blueprint. Don't be afraid to draft me. Well, I think when you you, you look at it, it, it works for certain teams in certain situations. It was a blessing that, Drew Brees was able to go with Sean Payton, and Sean Payton didn't have a problem putting him at quarterback, and the rest was history for the New Orleans Saints. Championships, records, potential Hall of Fame, first ballot guy. But there's a reason. For as long as the NFL has been in existence, there hasn't been a large number of under-six-foot quarterbacks that have been successful in the National Football League. The, 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 the NFL is a big man sport. It's a large person sport. And I know there are the smaller skill position players that have had success. There's, there's a ton of them from defensive backs to wide receivers. And now we're looking at the quarterbacks mm-hmm. to running backs. But a lot of the smaller body types have been stacked. His former teammate, a guy like Ray Rice was stacked. I mean, he was built like a brick. So when you look at that and you look at slider guys, Russell Wilson is a thick, shorter guy. He's not as slight as Pat uh, Pat White used to be. Or Pat White or or even Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray is really small, man. And this is why this is so intriguing and dominant. And when you look at it, he's so it 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 just is different. Because he if you saw him, Z, you'd be like. But he's not skinny, though. He's not. He's but he's like, not like Russell. He's going to grow he's into not that. As he's going to grow. He's going to grow into. No, that. he he yeah. probably will grow into it. I mean, he probably will. But when you look at it, he's not small. In in in. I mean, he's he's small. He's not as thick as Russell or Drew Brees. Drew Brees isn't little. I mean, he's not like little. He's not frail. And so when you when you talk about quarterbacks, most of the quarterbacks are six feet and above, six one, six two. Because they need to be able to see over the offensive line. They need to be able to throw 
throw around guys, not necessarily on the perimeter. Big. You know, receivers want to see the ball come out of the hands of the quarterback. I played in the Pro Bowl with Doug Flutie. And it was hard as hell. Because mm-hmm. I'm coming from Vinny Testaverde prior to the Pro Bowl. So everything I'm seeing is coming off of Vinny's wrist. I could see it come out. When I break down, boom, ball out. I'm looking for Doug running the end cut. I'm trying to find, and all of a sudden, it shoots out like it's coming out of a machine. That's hard. And coaches know that. Now, the tide has changed to a degree, whether it's Tua, whether it's Russell, and now Kyler, Baker Mayfield. When you start to look at these six-foot type and under quarterbacks, they're having some success. Now, is it changing? Will it change forever? No, because there's going to always be room for the sub, sub-zero refrigerator quarterback, the big, <laughs> right. big Phillip Rivers type guy. But, but for me, I think every six-foot quarterback owes Russell Wilson a tremendous um, you know, gratitude mm-hmm. because he did break the mold. Because not only has he opened the doors for the shorter quarterback, he opened the doors for the mobile quarterback. Because before, the most dynamic player that this league had ever saw before Russell Wilson came in was Michael Vick. But what was the knock on Michael Vick? He can win a lot of games for you, but he can't win and beat you from the pocket. Russell has found the balance between doing both. He showed you, and I remember Mike Singletary, he told me a long time ago, greatness comes in every shape and size. And Russell Wilson was the first one to prove that it can come from a shorter quarterback that can beat you from the pocket and know when to run. And, you know, we learned something about playing Michael Vick. I never lost to Michael Vick ever in my career. But we understood something, that the same windows that he used to throw through those are the same ones that he used to run through. So, like, where they don't have the shorter quarterback doesn't have the ability to throw over the top of the defense, they found a way how to be equally as, to be equally as dominant by throwing through the same windows that they run through. Because at the end of the day, most teams, you, you're always going to have a lane. So I think that Russell Wilson is the, is the trendsetter. I think he is the mark for the guy that has made the transition that opened the door for Baker Mayfield, opened the door for Lamar Jackson, opened the door for uh, Kyler Murray. He's going to continue to open those doors because he is one of the most outstanding quarterbacks that this game has ever seen. He's doing more with less since the Legion of Boom left than any other quarterback in this league. This is an opportunity for Kyler Murray to not necessarily surpass Russell Wilson if he wins this football game, but kind of put himself in a position where he's going to be talked about as an MVP-type candidate in a serious one. Uh because this will mark the third time in three tries uh, consecutive that the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray have bumped off the Seattle Seahawks. Stop right there. Think about that. Key, you just say that like it's rolling off the tongue. Think about how many other teams in the NFL, if they had to play the Seahawks over the span of three games, understanding that division foes know the Seattle Seahawks better because you're playing them twice a year. Think about how many other teams in the league, if you said you have to go beat Seattle one, two, three times in a row. The list of teams that could do that, small. It's, It's very small. But it's going to be a challenge, right? Going to Seattle, you know, chance of rain is in the 60, 60 percentile. Uh, I'm sure it'll increase as it get closer to the game. Uh, you know, it's going to not be a 12th man, but the, the, the snow, the rain, the wind, all of that sort of stuff factors. Oh, when so you, that factors. <laughs> We're back to this now. Okay. Hold on, okay, no. man. You didn't even. I keep my receipts. You, you just be quiet, man. You ain't let me finish. When you take a, a dome team outside of a dome, and put them in that type of environment, 
it's a little bit different for dome teams, opposed to a team coming from Baltimore <laughs> where it rains, it snows, it's cold. Arizona play outside, just, so it's retractable. You roof, just right? move them <laughs> up the up the ninety five a little bit and get them up in the Foxborough. In their dome, yes, it, it's retract. I don't think they ever. I don't think they ever open up their dome under it's seventy. It, it, does under, it open up? Yeah, under seventy degrees. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen them open it up in a while. So anyway, yes, it, it's a little bit different for them. Look, I, I think they can beat them. I think Jamal. The the, the key to this football game is going to be Jamal Adams. It, it, you don't necessarily have to spy Russell Wilson. I mean, not Russell Wilson, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray, but you got to pay attention to him. And you got to get him on the ground. See, I think it's got to be the edges. They got to make sure that this kid throws the ball from inside the pocket and have to throw over it all yeah, those big arms absolutely. and those windows. I think they have to be disciplined on the outside. When you go against guys like Michael Vick, where you say when you get the quarterback depth, you got to get the quarterback depth, you got to spin back because you, don't, you do not want to you – know, you saw that last play. What did he do? He broke the integrity of the defense, got out, did those off-schedule plays, allowed his receivers to get themselves open and put pressure on those defensive backs. I think there's going to be, you know, because you, you can't spy Kyler Murray because no. if you only have one spy, then he can go either side. The spy gets lost, and now you're taking somebody out of the pass coverage that you need to double. You need to double Hopkins, and, and Christian Kurt is nothing to, you know, to, to sneeze at as well. So it's going to be an interesting game, but if, if, if Seattle's going to win, we know there's going to be a shootout. We know that Arizona has the ability to win a low-scoring game because they do have a running game. And they do have a, 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 a somewhat adequate defense. It's no defense in Seattle, and that's going to be a problem. That's going to be the Achilles heel the entire year. Got a break for sports. Indeed, yes, we do. Jamal Adams hasn't played a ton this season, so that's something to keep in mind, too, with regards to just familiarity being out there. Just real quick, I wanted to mention for people that people that don't know Doug Flutie, if you're young enough, you may not know Flutie Flutie 5'10", Flutie Flakes (laughs) at the supermarket. Russell Wilson, 5'11", Drew Brees leading the pack at six feet, and Kyler Murray officially at 5'10". Whether or not the weather will be an issue seemingly is an obsession for Bart. On the way, though, a Steelers obsession. Can they go unbeaten? We'll ask a Steelers Super Bowl champion in one minute right after SportsCenter. We're just hours away from the 2020 NBA Draft. It's on ESPN and ESPN Radio tonight. Coverage beginning at 7.30 Eastern on television and on the radio. Jay Will will be knee-deep in draft coverage. He'll be on the TV broadcast. He's still studying. He's going to join us, in fact, coming up at 8 a.m. Eastern to talk about it. The Wolves have the first pick. The Warriors, with Clay and Steph back healthy, have the second pick. That could be very enticing. We talked about the short quarterbacks, the long and short of it. With Drew Brees, he wants a second opinion on the rib injuries. He's got five cracked ribs, which led to a punctured lung. After Not just one tear on that one. Team rolled <laughs> by Cantavius Street. Not one tear. Bart essentially saying Drew's a little tougher than Nick Foles if you've been with us throughout the course of the morning. He absolutely was demolished on that play, but he's looking for a second opinion. Cubs president of baseball operations, Theo Epstein, stepping down before... His contract was up on the north side of Chicago. General manager Jed Hoyer will be promoted into his spot. Baseball insider Buster only joined us this morning and essentially said, this is no way the end of the line for Theo from Boston to Chicago to TBA. He's only 46. And he says, Buster does, Theo might be involved at the ownership level the next go around to bump up. Sports Center presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. That was a mic drop moment from Big Ben after their win in Dallas, which was a little closer than they would have liked. Ben essentially said, hey, it's America's team. But when I see the towels waving all around the world, the Pittsburgh Steelers 
are the global team. Ben's won a couple Super Bowls. Ryan Clark has won a Super Bowl. I don't want to hear Renegade, man. I hate this song. <laughs> and he joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Good morning, Ryan. We were crunching the numbers. Really, Ryan? Ryan's loving the music too this yeah, morning. Yeah, no, that's the de- that's the defense because that's when the defensive highlight tape come out, and I got to look at my quarterback. And I'm saying, Coach, punt, punt. Just get the defense off the field. Punt. Our quarterback is under duress. Pimp yeah, down. Baby. Pimp down. Cold red. Donna. One thing Ryan and I would say is the Steelers aren't punting what was much. Your this antennas? <laughs> the Steelers aren't punting much this season at all. They are just scoring drive after drive after drive. But uh, the football power index, our number crunchers, Ryan, you won a Super Bowl with this organization, gives the Steelers a 6% chance to win out and finish the season at 16-0 and in the regular campaign. What do you think about that with it picking up just a little bit more steam week after week with Mercury Morris sweating somewhere in South Florida? <laughs> Listen, Mercury Morris right now is getting ready for his freestyle because you don't expect teams to go 16-0. and 0. And Keys played and Bart's played, and they've both been on extremely good football teams. It's hard to show up every week and win. It's the NFL, and that's kind of what Mike Tomlin was saying. Like, it's not college. You don't get to be Ohio State and be this dominant team and be able to out-recruit all the people you play. And so, you know, they still have the Bills. They still have the Ravens. They still have the Colts. And is it a possibility? Yes. But it's also a possibility, or it was a possibility and probability at times through the first nine games that they would have lost. So I don't expect them to go undefeated, but I do expect them expect it to be between them and the Kansas City Chiefs for the number one overall seed in the AFC. Well, these teams in the NFC East, we certainly know, Ryan, will not be undefeated at all. <laughs> who, who wins the Absolutely NFC? Not. Yeah, right. Who wins the NFC East with the Giants, I guess, coming back to the pack, the Cowboys getting Andy Dalton back, and the Philadelphia Eagles just being the Philadelphia Eagles? You know what? I I look at the New York Giants, and it's the team I have the most confidence in. Like, I remember when all of this started and we realized how terrible the NFC East was. Many people picked the Philadelphia Eagles because of their coach and because of their quarterback. And we're starting to watch that those two people aren't functioning to their highest level. So when you look at Joe Judge, when you look at Daniel Jones having a couple of weeks without turning the ball over drastically, it looks like this team is playing the best football right now. It looks like that defense plays the most intense, the most uh, aggressive defense in the NFC East. So if I had to pick a team today, I would pick the New York Giants. And, And when I look at this team as well, I see a team that has bought into their coach. You know, I know Joe Judge was getting a lot of yep. flack early on about, you know, you know, not naming the quarterback, not saying if Saquon Barkley is going to be a starter. But I think that we're starting to see that some of the things that he's trying to teach them, he always talked about their toughness. And now you're starting to see their team reflect that. Mm-hmm. And also, whenever you bench a you know, top 10 pick, it tells your team that everybody is going yeah. to, if you can play, you're going to win. And that sends a message throughout the entire team that, hey, the best players are going to play and everybody has an equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. Keyshawn J. No, Will. I looked, and, and that's important, Bart. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests joins us on the <laughs> Shell Pinzoff performance line. You have that little bit of a delay there, so sorry about that, Ryan. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you got it, man. No, I was just saying to Bart, though, like I remember being on teams where you felt like the best player would play. I remember being in Pittsburgh and knowing that if a fifth round draft pick, if an undrafted free agent could help us, that that guy was going to play. 
And so you practice that way, you work that way, and you start to see those things on the field. And New York Giants absolutely reflect who Joe Judge is. And right now he's showing that leadership, being able to delegate, being able to reach people is much more important than the X's and O's when you're picking head coaches. Ryan, uh, when you look at the AFC East, the New England Patriots are playing a little better here in the last couple of weeks. They beat up on yeah. – they, they, they squeak one out against the New York Jets and they beat up on the Baltimore Ravens mm. and got out of there with a W. Buffalo loses a heartbreaker to Arizona and Miami is mm-hmm. rolling along with Tua. Who wins the AFC East now? I think it's the Buffalo Bills, but I think they have to win it – in week 17. I think it's going to come down to that week. I think the Miami Dolphins have a little bit harder of a schedule going here down the stretch. And, you know, they'll lose some games. I think the Buffalo Bills, you know, lose one or two. And then that game is going to decide. When you look at Brian Flores and what the Miami Dolphins are doing, that team is ascending. But you got to realize the Buffalo Bills also put themselves in a position where they still have a half-game lead. So going down the stretch with his defense playing a little bit better, with Josh Allen kind of being up and down, but we've seen him play well the last two weeks other than some errant throws against the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is going to be a race to the finish that the Buffalo Bills just edge out the Miami Dolphins. Now let me get this right. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin <laughs> is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pinzall Performance Line. Ryan, when you, when you look at the Chicago Bears and Matt Nagy, uh, what happens Man. now moving forward with Nick Foles? I guess he's on the shelf and then Mitch Trubisky trying to get healthy. What happens after the bye? I mean, you're, you're in a tough position. You know, and for me, I think Matt Nagy has to admit it, right? Matt Nagy has to come to his team during the bye week and say, you know what, guys, I messed this one up. I was so I was so ready to get, get, get by Mitchell Trubisky. I was so ready to get over with him, to get past and get to Nick Foles that I didn't really see what he could do for our team. I didn't really see that if I adjusted who I was as a coach, it would work. I had to t- He got to take his ego out of it, go back to Mitchell Trubisky because you got a defense playing championship caliber football and your offense is, is terrible. The offense is horrible. Like, I don't know if there's an offense in the league that I would pick the Chicago Bears in front of. And so when you have this opportunity with an aging defense, you don't have a lot of picks, you have to capitalize when you can. And I believe if Matt Nagy doesn't get this fix, that the Chicago Bears may be looking for a new head coach heading into next year. You know, uh, Ryan, you've been singing Kyler Murray's praises. And, you know, deservedly so, the guys came in and, and kind of picked off where he left off in college. I think the fact that he's able to be comfortable in the mm-hmm. same offensive system. And then you look at Russell Wilson, and, you know, we've been talking about how great he was playing, but he's kind of come back to earth. You talk about the seven mm-hmm. turnover, the seven interceptions, and the turnovers he's had over the previous weeks. Yeah. But are we overlooking the Los Angeles Rams and the fact that I believe that they're the most complete team within the division <coughs> defensively and offensively? And when it's all said and done, which one of those teams do you think can win that division? You're absolutely right. I think we overlooked the Rams because the quarterbacks of those other two teams are so exciting and we like them and we enjoy watching them play. But when you look at the Rams defensively, they probably have two of the best positional players in the NFL and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams balling on the other side in the sub package, Leonard Floyd up front rushing the quarterback. And then offensively, when they run the ball first and they establish the line of scrimmage, Jared Goff and those weapons play extremely well. I think it's the best team in the most complete team in the NFC West too, Bart. I think that that's the team that ends up winning it, even if it's not the team that we want to watch the most. Interesting. 
We'll have to keep our eyes on that. It's a huge game tomorrow night, and it could be a huge game in determining the winner of the NFC West. We'll see Ryan this morning on Get Up with Greeny and Company at 8 a.m. Eastern, and then with Stephen A., Max, and Molly at 10 a.m. Ryan, thank you so much. Hey, Ryan, you're single-handedly bringing back the okay, Nairu yeah, collar, man. You're single-handedly bringing the Nairu collar back, baby. <laughs> I'm trying, dog. I'm trying. Dress for success <laughs> and a Super Bowl champion. Right. Thanks very much. Yeah, All right. On the way. <laughs> we haven't really touched on this this morning. This is normally a big deal. Tonight's the NBA draft. We'll fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Who will be tonight's number one overall pick? Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Self-explanatory, fellas. I'll give you a couple categories. We'll fill in the blank. Mm. We'll start with the NBA draft tonight, ESPN 8 Eastern. Jay Will's going to join us here coming up at 8 a.m. Eastern. He'll be ready for the draft at 8 p.m. Eastern. He'll be there to break it down. Mike Schmitz, our draft analyst, will join us at 8.10 Eastern. And Cassius Stanley from Duke, hoping to hear his name called tonight, will join us at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. That's your rundown. Fellas, here we go. Fill in the blank. Key, fill in the blank. We'll be the number one pick in tonight's NBA draft. LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball, number one pick in the NBA draft. They like his length. They like his size. They like his, you know, about five years ago, man, he might have been 5'11". All of a sudden, that dude's 6'7", 6'8". I mean, he, you know, he's got some pedigree. Um, yeah, I can see him being in the morning overall. Mark? For me, I think I'm going to go with um, Anthony Edwards because I think if Minnesota keeps the number one overall pick – you got D'Angelo Russell there. You got Carl Anthony Towns. You know, you want you want somebody that can be a shooting guard that can fill up the box score. I think that's a perfect compliment. But I don't know. I think I expect more trades in this draft than any other draft before. In the NBA, you know, they like they like potential in youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If a guy is 21 versus a guy that's 18, they'll go. I like the guy that's 18. Yeah, this is the old man's draft. These are the four-year type guy draft. Indeed. I'm sure many of you have heard of LaMelo Ball. Anthony Edwards played collegiately one season at Georgia. The Warriors got the number two pick. That is spicy. I hope they screw it up. <laughs> They're trying to move that one. <laughs> screw it up. Steph oh, yeah. and Clay, yeah. back from their injuries. How about this quick yeah. note on Clay? Clay has not played a single game in the NBA since game six of the 2019 finals. The game he got hurt. He has not played since June of 2019. 19. Oh, they took receipts. The Golden State Warriors <laughs> took receipts, Lakers. Everybody that was clowning them, we Indeed. back. Off to their 15-50 and 50 season. Here we go. This is the big one. James Harden will play for fill-in-the-blank this coming season. The Nets. It's we'll a wrap. For the Nets. Yeah, they, that, that deal will probably wind up getting done at some point. That's where he wants to be. That's where he wants to go. He doesn't want to be in Houston. I know a lot of people are talking about the $103 million that he turned down with the extension, but – you got to remember, if he comes to New York and he goes to Brooklyn and he wins, 
There's more shoe money on the table for him, not that he needs any more. But also, they're going to at some point give him an extension, and it may not be $103 million. Well, what's the difference between 80 and 103 Not much when you already got a made banked about $500 million. I mean, I think it's ran his course, right, in Houston. And he understands that he can't win there. The project, no small ball, no small ball, no big man. It was crazy that he's coming here and he's going to play for D'Antoni again and play that same style of ball. I know Nash is the coach, but I think he definitely plays for the Nets because when you look at how the Golden State Warriors play, and I think this offense will more favor the, the Golden State Warriors type of offense, the ball moves and it can be beautiful basketball. And I think everybody you know, will to kind of take less to, be, to, to achieve more. Indeed. Mike D'Antoni, if you missed that story, is now back. He's an assistant with the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, he coached Steve Nash, and obviously Harden's great play, his best play of his career, came under D'Antoni. Fellas, let's combo this one because we want to just kind of run through it. The Steelers' first loss this season will come against. I'm just going to run off the schedule, and then you just chime in both of you. don't even you. have to. At Jaguars? Not a chance. Ravens. Home versus the Ravens. Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. Night. Thanksgiving, Ravens, it comes against the Ravens. All right, so that's Bart's answer. Thanksgiving night, the third of three games. On Thanksgiving night. He Next up. He, I love Bart. Well, he's he Ravens guy, he knows, right? No, the, the, the Ravens beat the hell out of the Steelers. They just had the turnovers. They, they held Big Ben in check, and they I beat him. I didn't say that. Day. The man said quick. <laughs> okay. Versus the Washington football team. Key, you still have to find their first loss if there is one. No, I, I, think, they, I think that they have a chance to go undefeated. That ain't running. Tight. At Buffalo? I think they win. At Bengals? Win. Home versus the Colts? Win. At Cleveland? Win. So no, that's it. Those other teams are going to be desperate. Those yeah, teams are going to be desperate. But those other teams is toward Indi- the end of the season. They ain't got nothing. Right. You taking well, Indi- the Col- the Colts are going to need it. You taking Indy out of a dome and you putting them in but bad this, weather. But this is a different Indy. They got the number one defense in the league, and they got a ground and pound type of offense. I believe you. Him. Know, and the thing is, Big Ben. What about his health? Going against those tough defenses, he go against the Ravens, he go against Buffalo, he go against the Colts. Those are some of the top defenses in the game. Big Ben's already been you know hampered. If if you get to the end of the season, would you consider resting Ben, knowing that you well, got yeah. the number one overall you know slot locked up? So I that's why I, I think, think it would you, come. I think if you're getting into all of that. Then that's something different. But if Keith Zubin said quit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Uh, At the I top think, of the marquee. I, I, I think that if you get into what <laughs> yeah. if you get into what he's saying, that's different than what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if they decide to play them the entire way, they're going to go undefeated. I'm an in, in, inappropriate cousin that comes over, man, to talk too much. I didn't say nothing. You've got to do your job, man. I <laughs> the perennial line stepper, as he likes to call himself. <laughs> All right, so Pittsburgh, as I mentioned, will end the season at Cleveland. Maybe Key says 16-0 on the line that Sunday. This year for the Browns has been fill in the blank. Mm. It's been fine. 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 Nothing. I mean, it's the Browns, man. They, they, they got a chance to win the wild card, get a wild card spot. And get bounced in the playoffs. But if they get in the wild card, they're the one team that can upset a favorite because they, they have something. They got a decent defense, but they have a run game that is ridiculous. You talk about last week, Chubb coming back over 100 yards rushing. You talk about Kareem Hunt 100 yards rushing. That's the type of recipe for success in the, in the postseason when you know it's going to be bad inclement weather. If you have a running game, you have an opportunity to win in this league in the postseason. What happened in New – never mind. Oh, no, we bounced them. Cleveland does have the NFL's longest playoff drought. We ran the ball, remember? Drought. You called it, Keith. <laughs> no, I'm talking about last week, but go ahead. Maybe that extra spot will finally end that drought. Where's hurt, Keith? The fill-in-the-blank is the best division in the NFL right now. Best division in football. That's tough. NFC West? You got three teams at 6-3. and three. Niners have four wins N- at NFC, the bottom of the NFC division. NFC West? 
NFC West. Seems right. Yeah, it seems three, right. Three, six, and three teams. Yeah, but in a, yeah, NFC West, but you could also argue, which is crazy, you could look at the South in NFC, even though the records are weird with Atlanta and the records are weird with the Carolina Panthers. It just they, they play teams tough, and, you know, you could also look at – you AFC, also could look at AFC, the AFC, AFC East mm-hmm. outside uh, of the Jets. Right. I'm going AFC North. I mean, because you just you talk about North. you talk about Pittsburgh, you talk about the Ravens, you talk about Cleveland. All three of those teams can be in the playoffs. Yeah, you could do the AFC North. Cincinnati takes you all the way down to the wire every week. Right. To Bart's point, an undefeated team, the league's only undefeated team, a pair of six and three teams, and a really scrappy team at the bottom of the division. Uh, so that might be the answer. Now that I kind of going with Bart is always a good thing. Going with Bart is always a good. <laughs> that thing. kind of feels like the right answer. That's for sure. On the way, the Cowboys need more wins. They might not get them, but they might be getting more fans. That's Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.